So I'm here about to interview somebody for the Spoonies with Purpose podcast, which is all about how to have purpose, how to enjoy having purpose when you have a chronic illness in a way that doesn't compromise your well-being. And I'm very excited today to have with me Julia Stuber. I hope I've pronounced <laughs> that right. Would you like to introduce yourself, Julia? Yeah, you nearly did it right. Thank you very much. I'm Julia Stuber from Germany. Um, I'm a social media manager and I publish books uh, on the self, uh, self-published books. Fabulous. Would you like to tell us something about your experience of living with chronic illness, Julia? Uh, yes, um, it started relatively harmless for me. It was just like, oh, I've got a Hashimoto diagnosis. Okay, I live with that. I take my pills. And then it progressed over the years. I got celiac disease. I've got endometriosis. I've got asthma and everything got worse and worse over the last five years until we realized that I've got chronic fatigue syndrome. And I've got the official diagnosis now. And yeah, that changed a lot. I mean, with celiac disease, your life changes, everything changes, how you eat, where you eat and everything. But that's manageable. But with the CFS, I find it still hard to get a grip on that and to organize my life in a very different way than I'm used to it. Yeah, it takes it to a completely different level. Oh, yes, indeed. (laughs) Yeah. And and skills that you've never, never had to face before in life. You have have to start learning new things and new ways of of being. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it it sounds funny to somebody who doesn't have MSCFS, but you, you know what I'm talking about. I have to learn how to rest. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm somebody, I'm, I'm always everywhere. People kept asking me in my, yeah, I would say former life before the diagnosis, uh, how many <clears throat> duplicates of me are running around. I have cloned <laughs> myself because I've always been doing so much. Yeah. And to stop that and to take rests is, uh, yeah, it's really difficult for me. <laughs> I I can totally relate. I totally understand that idea of having to learn how to rest because I did as well. Before illness, the idea of having a beach holiday and lying around by a oh. by a pool reading a book. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> That's why I always took five books with me to yeah. <laughs> to the beach or somewhere. I always had something to write with me and to do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's different now. <laughs> It's been a process of learning to live in a different way. Uh, absolutely. And I mean, I'm, I'm doing well. I mean, I start enjoying films and series just to watch by myself while my mm-hmm. husband is upstairs and working. And I do um, a lunch break from 12 to 1 p.m. And I just watch some stupid series, which I normally wouldn't do. But it, I, I can feel my body relaxing now. It's like, oh, yeah, 12 o'clock time to have um, some rest and it works (laughs) I now read things I never would have read before because (laughs) I I would have just thought they were too trashy whereas now I have to read to relax whereas before I I read to open my mind (laughs) yes Kindle Unlimited is my best friend (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but that changed when I was pregnant or when I became a mum my reading habits already had changed because I couldn't read any 
horror or really thrilling stuff because it was just like I was too scared of everything. Yeah. yeah. So I got into romance at that stage. So now I can enjoy romance or whatever without feeling guilty. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. So let's talk a little bit about purpose. Um, what does purpose mean to you, Julia, in general? If you had asked me what, about what my purpose was even two or three years ago, I thought it was to become a coach. I did a food coach. Um, yeah, I, I, I trained to become a food coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I trained to become another coach, but that never really worked out. Now I know why. Uh, but there's still something in me that wants to teach people something or wants to give them information. And I'm using the diagnosis right now and everything I learn to collect that and to later give the knowledge to people so that giving to the knowledge really is my purpose. Yeah. So sharing, mm-hmm. sharing what you've learned and sharing yes. knowledge um, to support other people. Yeah, exactly. And even now that I can't do any coaching with people because I, I simply don't have the energy, just collecting the information for me is, is my purpose and has always been, I now realise. So there's something really optimistic in that. So there's, <laughs> there's the recognition that actually your purpose is in learning, is in um, learning more and more information absorbing it putting it through your own filter and even though it's not with an end goal of being able to share it straight away or coach with it straight away there's that faith that it's an important purpose for me to be developing in this way and learning in this way yes definitely and that's how I cope with everything. I mean, when I got the diagnosis of lactose, being lactose intolerant, um, I actually wrote a book and started a blog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when I got the celiac uh, disease diagnosis, I became, um, I, I took an honorary, honorary post, is that the word, for mm-hmm. the German Celiac Disease Foundation um, to to organize group meetings for other people mm-hmm. and to teach them. So that's always been my way of coping. Is, is knowing that there's something you can do to contribute. Yes. Without that, uh, no. <laughs> I think I would give up. But knowing I can contribute, not now, maybe later, yeah. uh, really helps me to get through it. Yeah. I'm picking up again that thing of even though I might not be able to contribute in the way that I would love to right now, I know that in learning, I am preparing myself to be able to contribute more later on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that kind of movement towards something is satisfying in the moment. It is. And it it gives me some security and and a goal and a way I can go. Fabulous. So how do you balance your purpose with living with chronic illness? Very, very mindfully and very, very slow. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, the thing is, I always, of course, like we all have, I always have my phone by hand. So if I've got an idea for some text um, to write, I simply write it down. I, or if I've got any ideas, I just write it down, put it in Notion or wherever, or my bullet journal. So it isn't lost. Because that's my main fear that the ideas that are there would get lost. Yeah. And since I've been doing this, just, just noting them, writing them down, they're out of my my head. Um, but not lost and that way I, I can balance it out so if I've got enough energy I can write a blog post or a chapter in a book or anything and if not I know it's there waiting for me so there's there's a kind of trust that it doesn't have to be done all now it it I as long as I get the ideas down those ideas are ready ready for me to develop at the time that's right for my well-being. Exactly. And that was a hard lesson to learn too. <laughs> because normally yeah. I'm somebody, hey, I've got an idea. Let's do that. Uh, I just did that yesterday. My, uh, I'm publishing puzzle books like Sudoku books. And my husband jokingly said, well, you need that in a traveler's notebook format. And I was like, oh, great idea. And two hours later, I had four books published. <laughs> but normally I stop myself from doing that. Yesterday, I knew I had enough energy, but today I wouldn't have done that. A lot of it is about recognizing what energy you have each day and how much you can get out of that energy. Yes, and stopping before I run out of energy. That's yeah. one of the things I'm still learning. Uh, I read somewhere, do only half of what you can do, and I think I'm I'm down to 70%. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's a good step forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it helps I mean um, yeah. I can do more than I was able to do in April yeah it's recognizing that by employing all these strategies by by stopping in time by doing only 70% with an aim to only do 50% <laughs> of what you can do you are improving and you are becoming more able to do more yes and that's wonderful I mean I didn't expect it to happened so fast after all the books I read and all the videos I watched I thought it would take longer that I see any progress but there it is I mean wonderful what would you put down your progress to can you narrow it down or give specific things that you've done that you think have really contributed to your progress <laughs> there's so many <laughs> I think my my lunch break is a big win and um, because I do that every day and even my kid who's, who's now on holidays here in Germany he's like oh 12 o'clock I'm off <laughs> you have your break <laughs> non-negotiable rest exactly and I'm I'm not even negotiating negotiating it with myself like I have to do it at the moment I still take a lot of uh, supplements I do a lot of sleep hygiene yep like a complete dark uh, room, which has been a game changer for me. Uh, no electronics by the bed and all that stuff. That yeah. really, really helped. Yeah. And otherwise, it's just, yeah, it's it's a shift in mindset. That's something I've been working on the, the last week, that my self-worth isn't, um, yeah, isn't in like how much I work, how many books I publish, how many yeah. things I do. 
And that's a really tough one to learn for me. (laughs) Yeah, our self-worth isn't tied to our productivity. Yeah. And yet that's something that we're surrounded by, isn't it? That productivity defines worth. And yet it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, and and I was, um, I mean, both my parents are really productive and active. And that's something I've, I've always experienced. Now to stop myself from that is, yeah, that was a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Has anything helped you find your worth unconditional of productivity? Is there anything that's supported you with that? Yeah, maybe because I don't do that much as I did before. And I see I'm, I'm still a happy person, maybe even happier than before. That helped, of course. Yeah. I'm very much behind you with that. When we recognise that we are unconditionally worthy, when we can be happy allowing ourselves just to be without having to reach some kind of productive standards, then actually we allow ourselves to get into a state of a flow that is um, in harmony with our well-being. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm going to start writing again uh, in in this month. I mean, of course, I I want to publish. It's going to be Roman's short stories. I want to publish them. But writing always has been fun for me. And to go back to that is just an incredible feeling. Fabulous. It sounds to me that you're feeling you're feeling good about it is a really, really good indicator of the fact that you are doing something that is part of your purpose. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same for um, making art. I mean, I wouldn't call myself artist. I'm just mingling with my my colours. And the last months, I, I just prepared journals. I mean, I didn't finish any big project or anything because I didn't want to. I just wanted to splash some colour on pages and I was happy with that. And that, that was a fabulous feeling as well. Wow, it sounds very freeing. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah. To me, what I'm I'm hearing is a lovely, encouraging sense from you, Julia, that allowing yourself to let go of the constraints of the shoulds or where the product, where the productivity, what what it should result in, letting go of all that, allowing yourself just to go with it, has given you a real sense of joy. Yeah. Totally true. (laughs) I just realised that. (laughs) (laughs) And I I guess I'm I'm picking this out because I want to encourage everybody who's listening that actually following your joy is your purpose. (laughs) Yes. And the funny thing is, I mean, writing has always been my thing and my language. And I realised the last week, why have I been waiting? Mm-hmm. I mean, I love creating my love content books and puzzle books and everything. It's it's really good fun, and, and I still love. I, I got today. I got one of my proof books, and it's it's just the perfect, the best feeling in the world. Like, yeah, I did it. But <sighs> the writing is more important to me. Fabulous. So let's let's talk a little bit more about that, Julia. Let's talk about your particular 
purpose and how I guess it's been evolving over the last few months as well to do with how well you've been what you've been able to do yes I mean when I was really the worst I've ever been uh, in April I wasn't able to do anything I couldn't paint I couldn't I, I just didn't have words to write which is scary for me and through shifting my priorities uh yeah it, it really freed me and and, and shifting my mindset it, it freed me again uh, and now I've, I've got a plan of course <laughs> I'm such a planner girl but I shortened my the plan of things I have to do and now I've got much more time for the things I want to do wonderful so tell us a little bit about about your process as a writer do you have a timer to make sure that you don't do it for too long um what how do you sit down and write a book or create a sudoku book uh yeah these are two completely different ones i yeah. don't use any timers at all because uh, <laughs> they confuse me and they they draw away my concentration mm-hmm. um well, I've I've got certain times where I can do it, but because I've got a kid who's twelve at school, and I only have a short amount of time, to I do my low content books first, uh, and I, I first I find ideas what I want to do the three to four five books I want to do the, each month, um, but then I work in the time I have. And I don't put any extra pressure on me like, oh, I, don't, I have to do finish that in 30 minutes. It's That would be too stressful. And if, if anything, I want to avoid stress. And the same as with writing. So not having any stress. Yeah, because I, I put a lot of pressure on myself. And I think that might have led to NECFS for me as well. Besides all the virus, whatever things. Yeah. All, all the other complications. Yes. <laughs> Again, this is something that that I'm very passionate about sharing, is that <laughs> one of the most important things we need to do is take the pressure off ourselves. Yes. Um, because it's only when, when we can do that that we, we give ourselves the opportunity to allow wellness to flow. It sounds like in the way that you work you have created a flow in your life that allows you to be as well as possible. Yes. I mean, even in my work as a social media manager, of course, there's time pressure, um, but I'm trying to plan as well as I can so I don't have that much pressure. Yeah. I used to do the same with my blogs. If I had to have something written by a particular time, I would plan to do it really, really early so that I could I could go plan B, plan C, plan D (laughs) and not have to do it the first time that I sat down to do it. Yes, it really, really helps to plan ahead to give yourself plenty of time so that you don't find yourself in that position where you're really pressured to yeah. get something done and even i'm well i'm the social media manager of the british shop here in germany and when the queen died last month 
uh, we were prepared. And so we had two blog posts and social media posts and pictures and images and everything. So it was still a lot of pressure and stress, of course. (laughs) But I I took the time to watch everything. So I consciously took the pressure off me again. Giving yourself time to um, digest everything. Yeah. And people would, it was amazing. I mean, people were commenting in our blog and on the social media and I had to answer questions and everything. I had to be there. But still, I mean, and I always knew that would be the most stressful time in my working life. But I managed it. Well done. So so when you, that was a situation there where there was a bit of pressure, can you summarise what it was, how you managed to take the pressure off in that moment? I think you used the words, you gave yourself time. Yes. I mean, I, I gave myself time to, to relax. And luckily, I've got a wonderful colleague. And I said to her, well, I'm off for two hours. Can you look after Facebook and the blog and everything? And I'll just have a hot bath. <laughs> yeah. I need a break. <laughs> And yes, and then luckily my husband uh, loves to watch all this as well for different reasons. So we, we were just watching everything we saw on BBC News and just have a break in that. So I think what's shone through from what you've said to me today is I, I'm going to pick up some of the the most important things I've heard. Um, from my perspective as a coach supporting people (laughs) to have have purpose is having your non-negotiable rests relaxing when you need to taking time to let go taking the pressure off allowing things to flow keeping your ideas written down to stop you from having to worry about losing them so that that you can then make the most of any ideas when you have the time and energy to do so. Planning ahead so that you don't end up pushed for time. Trying to not do everything that you can. And even <laughs> if you can't get to 50%, 70% is good. <laughs> is there anything else you... No, not really. <laughs> So I think we're about ready to finish, Julia. Is there anything, I mean, is there anything that you want to direct people to? Is 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 there any way that people can support you with your work? Have you a, a particular site where you sell your books? Well, my books are available on any Amazon platform, but they're not under my name. <laughs> right. I've got too many pen names. (laughs) Ah, well, if you want to share them with me, you can do so after this and I will put them um, with the post with the with the podcast. (laughs) Yes. Thank you very much. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I would like to encourage you to keep on allowing yourself to flow without (laughs) pressure and um, Enjoy your wonderful creativity, whatever form that takes, Julia. (laughs) You never know with me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it will be 
a, a fabulous way of having purpose. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's so kind of you. You're welcome. It's lovely speaking to you. Now, <laughs> if anybody has not yet joined my Facebook group, I have a Facebook group called Spoonies with Purpose, Making the World a Better Place Together. And it's a place where we support each other to have purpose in a way that doesn't conflict with our well-being. So thank you very much, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.